Welcome to the We Love Arabian Horses podcast, sponsored by Markel, the insurance with horse sense. Let's jump right in. Hello, everybody. This is Paul Costa with the We Love Arabian Horses podcast, and today I'm pleased to introduce Joshua Childreth, who is the chairperson of the local level committee with AHA. Josh, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, thanks, Paul. Thanks for having us, Paul. Really appreciate the time. With us, with us here, we have Jennifer Tucker, who is uh, my vice chair of the local level committee. She is part of the Bluegrass Arabian Horse Association and the Kentucky Arabian Horse Association. As well, I have Christy Caspers, who is the president of the Minnesota Arabian Horse Association, and uh, we have a little, we have me as well, and I'm the vice president of Eastern the Arabian Horse Association of Eastern Canada as well. Also, we have a woman that needs no introduction. Uh, it has been participating in these discussions around us tonight is Marianne Hughes from Region 1. Well, thank you, ladies, for joining, Josh, and it's an important committee that you guys are on with AHA. Josh, why don't you give us a little background quickly about the local level committee and what your primary goals are for the committee and its purpose? Uh, well, the, one of our primary goals is to work with our local uh, local level organizations, get new people excited and introduced to the Arabian horse, as well as in this year, we made it a really big priority to work with the clubs that make up the Arabian Horse Association as a whole and give them the additional support that they need at the end of the day. Just so everyone's up to date, um, I know a lot of our people that listen do not, do not know everything about AHA and its structure. How many local clubs are there today? Oh, that's a great question. I believe the, you know, the count from the spring was 232. And when you take a deeper dive at it, Paul, it's really fascinating because we have so many different clubs of great people that are part of these organizations. But each club really does exist for its own separate reasons. And each club is not really, and each club is different at the end of the day as well. Sure. Well, and also so people know each club feeds up into a region and there's 18 regions in the USA and Canada that feed up into causing the board and delegate body of AHA. Yes, absolutely. So, Josh, the purpose of this particular podcast is to talk about a resolution that's coming forward that y'all wanted to educate um, everyone about this resolution and the importance of this resolution prior to convention. So we're coming into convention week this next week, um, which is AHA's annual convention, and it's going to be held in person this year. So why don't you tell a little bit about the convention and um, this particular resolution, just give an overview for that. Well, this year we're going to be headed to beautiful Myrtle Beach, and it'll be, we're so excited to see everyone together in person. Uh, this is the first time we've really been together since 2019. As we all know, uh, the past years we have not, and, and done the convention from a virtual format, which has been really outstanding. So this year, we, our, our committee has put forward a resolution, which is going to encourage all members to be attached to a club. And the reason that we're doing this is, you know, that we see so much value in, you know, in the sense of community that clubs provide within the organization. There are so many thriving and great clubs. Christy and Jennifer, both, you know, both belong to two or three amazing clubs that really put a focus on their members, sense of community, and everyone shares the love of the Arabian horse together. But when we took a deeper dive at it, 
you know, interacting with the people that make up these clubs within AHA, they told us that they needed more support. And, uh, and ultimately, 55% of our members are attached to a club within AHA. So the reason that this is important is there, the, class a or, the Class A shows within AHA are typically put on by those clubs in AHA, and we really aren't giving them the support that they need to continue to exist, thrive, maintain their members, or even grow their membership. And there are, there are clubs out there that are growing their membership as well. So it's important to note that. Well, so just to back up here, for everyone that knows, you can join AHA without being a member of a club, but this resolution would cause everyone to choose a club that's your local club or any club that you want to be a member of as your kind of local entity. And most people join the club that's closest to their home. Correct. Yes. And, you know, really, we're, we're looking at this as, you know, we, we're encouraged to have a competition card. We're encouraged to have a membership when you, you know, you haven't had an Arabian horse and you switch the papers over. So we really see it from the same avenue as um, really, you know, encouraging people to get involved with the Arabian horse. And, you know, and at the end of the day as well, um, you know, it, the clubs do provide so many activities. Um, you know, and the sense of community that we can all belong to. Well, and one of the key goals of We Love Arabian Horses is to help um, promote and share the Arabian horse um, in the USA and Canada and globally. And this local club effort is such a critical component of, of having people active and involved in their local clubs with all those kind of things that are outreach and promotional vehicles for the Arabian horse. So the, the whole conversation about this resolution would only encourage more people to get involved with their local club. It seems like that's the primary goal. That is 100% the primary goal behind this. So let's switch to Jen here. And, and Jen, what is what do you think is the positive impact for the clubs, just kind of in a nutshell? Where do you think they will gain the most momentum if this resolution is passed? Well, to kind of follow up with what Josh has said about bringing back that sense of community and us giving that support, which was a big mission for this local level committee, um, we knew they had to face the fact that the Internet has kind of changed that landscape for all of us um, as to what, those, what the future looks like. Um, you know, now we can hop on Facebook and see what everyone did um, at the local show and whatnot, and we felt like we were really missing that sense of community to get together, the camaraderie and whatnot. So we respect that those clubs are different. Within my own region, we have very active clubs in person, and then we have some more um, Internet-based clubs. But what we want people to realize is that we all do need each other. Um, and some people, we want to see that benefit. They may be able to be a mentor to someone coming up um, in succession planning. Maybe they have a talent for social media, maybe a newsletter, um, somewhere that they can help with that club that they may not realize that they are needed. In turn, by having more members in those clubs, um, as we already talked about our convention, that is where those delegate numbers come from and those voting delegates. So by bumping up those club numbers, we'll now be able to have more voices um, present at convention to vote on these highlighted topics. Um, we also know we can't force people to be involved, but we're hoping that once people are connected to those local clubs, that they'll find their niche of where they need to be. Um, those club leaders can then look to foster those relationships 
um, and kind of help those clubs continue to thrive and grow maybe in a way they didn't before. I got you. I think that's a great summary. Thank you very much. Um, Christy, let's switch to you and you talk a little bit about, you know, what does being a part of a local club mean to you personally? Thanks for having me. And I'm excited to share a few thoughts. You know, I'm a firm believer that clubs are really the backbone of AHA. Strong clubs make for a stronger AHA. And from my perspective, clubs are typically the first touch point that many new exhibitors have with showing. And uh, as Josh mentioned, uh, local clubs put on the vast majority of those local class A shows. And that positive first experience then leads hopefully to more showing at the regional level and the uh, national level eventually. And it's interesting. So my family has zero uh, connection or history with horses until my oldest, who is now 31 and a vet, decided that she wanted to take lessons. And then she quickly wanted to start showing. So we hopped on and joined up with Maha, which is the club that I'm now president of. And my girls became very active in Maha and have stayed that way. So that from that first show, that spring classic show that my oldest tried many years ago, that has led to us owning, breeding, uh, showing at all different levels. And for me, who I'm not a horse person, I'm a show mom, um, now leading the Maha, which is one of the um, largest and oldest clubs in AHA. So to me, local clubs are that entry point, And the stronger your local club, the stronger ultimately the overall organization will be. Well, and Christy, you're, when you say Maha, just so everybody who's listening knows, that's the Minnesota Arabian Horse Association, correct? That's correct. And we are a member of Region 10. Uh, Maha hosts two shows a year, Spring Fling, which, of course, is in the spring, and Fall Classic, which is in September. Um, we have Maha member-only classes that if you are a member of Maha, you can join, and those are typically jackpot-type classes. Um, the club motto is, we're the club that gives back. We fully support our members through fundraisers, and we support the uh, Arabian Horseman Distress Fund, and we really look to and work with our members to find out what's important to them so we can continue to serve their needs. And, again, I think by having a robust local club, um, that leads to a stronger AHA. However, not all clubs have sort of a strong base, and the more support we can get from AHA for those clubs, the better off they will be, and then the circle is complete. Well, and I think each of you and the clubs that you're attached to are very, very strong clubs. And like you said, not all clubs um, are fortified with so many resources. So those ones that need the extra help and need the extra members or need additional resources from AHA or from We Love Raving Horses any, or any other um, avenue helps them grow, right? That's the goal of all of this is to grow the breed and bring new people in and have them plugged in locally. It really um, reinforces the total um, community from the grassroots all the way to the national champion level. Absolutely. And if we're going to be bringing in new members, you need to bring in people who are unassociated with the Arabian breed, but have that first very positive touch point, And hopefully they will st stay long-term as members of that club and of AHA. Well, that's great, Christy. Let me switch back to Jen. Tell us a little bit about your clubs, because I know the clubs that you're involved with are very, very active and also have a strong resource pool but y'all have built that over, you know, years and years, like the Minnesota Club has also done. Share a little bit about what you guys are doing. Yeah, so we are actually getting ready to start our 20th year. Um, my dad was one of the founders um, of that club, and we kind of started off with just the club that, that has fun. Um, 
we are in horse country here in Kentucky, um, and we were very welcoming to other um, breed members as well. Like we had an associate membership, and we had at one point we had almost as many quarter horse saddlebred and whatnot members, and we got so much great response at our first open show that said that they love to see the Arabian classes mixed with those other classes. And I don't have any stats, but I do know there are folks that came from those shows that then later got involved with some Arabian lessons um, and just had a greater outlook on the Arabian breed in general. Um, but like Christie's Club, we do some great things for beginners coming in, the free classes. Um, our outreach is amazing within our region, not just within our club. Um, and we spend a lot of time going to local communities, senior communities, schools, um, feed stores, and just introducing our Arabians. And I know last year AHA did a membership drive, and our club actually won that um, for how many new members we brought in for that month. I think it was about 17, um, which all but three were youth members. Um, so that was definitely something we were very proud of. No, that's excellent and great results. Um, your club that you're talking about is which one? Uh, Bluegrass Arabian Horse Association. Yes. No, that's great. Well, just as a sidebar, my local club, when I moved from Dallas, which was the North Texas Arabian Horse Club, and very, very large, like these we're talking about, the club that I'm associated with here in Austin is a little bit smaller in Region 9, Central Texas Arabian Horse Club. And one thing they've done for outreach is they've been hosting three to five fun day shows during the year, and they actually stopped doing their Class A shows because there was plenty of Class A shows in this region. They didn't need to do that, and where they really got um, the greatest bang for their buck and the most um, effort that was expended positively for the breed was promoting these all-breed fun day horse shows, which they'll have 50 to 100 entries on these little one-day shows. I've judged it for them before, and it's just quite entertaining watching the Arabian classes and the other classes and the all-breed classes and the uh, you know all-breeds at one show is very much fun. No, we. I will say that we went. We went to an A show through the years, and then once pandemic hit, it kind of took us a moment to pause and reflect. Um, we came back out to do an open only show the last two years, um, and we heard that's what people wanted. Our show was a little bit earlier in the season, so we were still able to grab those Arabian folks. But you know, our committee again, starting at the local level, the grassroots, we just found that that's really where our niche was and we got those shows like you're talking about and entry-level folks to send them on up the ladder and introduce them to the Arabian and have some fun. So Josh let's switch back to you for a minute you know what would be anyone's opposition to this particular resolution? Well you know, there's there's two points to that Paul uh, the first which was just one item we already touched base on was we don't want anyone to feel like they're being forced um, in, down this avenue. However, we we see this really as a benefit to the entire organization as a whole and to making each region and each club stronger and more unified together. We really do not see any negative of putting a membership through a club. And this, the second part of that is we don't see it that way because there are some clubs that don't charge any additional fees. You have some that are 5, 10, maybe 20, maybe 30, but those clubs at the end of the day are giving value back to their members in different ways. Up here in Canada, we're really trying to do, um, you know, we've done some virtual clinics. We're trying to do some seminars, some learning activities, 
and just really trying to bring people together that way. No, that's great. And I think the club structure is so important to the infrastructure of AHA that we were talking about earlier. And, and also then the outreach programs can really be facilitated at the local level or the regional level, even though there are some virtual, which could cross all kinds of boundaries. But the importance of this is fairly significant. And like you said, to join the club locally is very inexpensive, and it does give you access to other people, other people that are focused on the breed, and you can learn from and share and kind of create your own community locally as well. And just, yeah, just one other point I want to touch on, Paul, is that the AHA staff do really an amazing job. When you call AHA and we have somebody new trying to become a member, they do a nice job of saying, hey, well, you live in Lexington, Virginia. You should be a part of this club, so on and so forth. And so we really appreciate them taking the time to do that because we know that they, too, also value the importance of the club. But uh, one last thing I do want to make sure that we're highlighting as well that really uh, came into our motivation of, of introducing this, this resolution at convention is really taking a look at the hard numbers. The numbers do not lie. And the clubs are the organizations that are putting on these, that are the clubs of the organizations that are putting on these Class A shows. I'm sorry, my dog came into the room. <laughs> and, um, if you go back as far as 2016, we had a total of 328 Class A or one-day slash um, AVS shows. When you fast forward to 2022, we have 239. So each year, we're seeing a 10% drop. And if we keep on the same trajectory, we're not going to have clubs in the future. So this, we really see this as a stimulus that is so needed for the future. So Marianne, let's switch to you. What is your intent in supporting this resolution? I know it's very important to the local level committee, and you in particular have a real um, stance on the importance of this resolution. Well, I, I personally think that clubs are the lifeblood of AHA. And uh, I think I have a history going back to be able to really have an understanding about that. When I got, when my husband Bill and I got involved in our local club, Arabian Horse Association of Southern California, um, it was back right after we got married, so 1970 or so. And uh, that club is the oldest club in the United States. And at that time, I think we had 10 or 11 delegates. Now that same club, even on the new system of one for every 35 members, one delegate, we have three delegates. So you can tell, just get an idea in 50 years how our clubs have shrunk. Uh, I know there's an ongoing debate as to if it was mandated that you had to belong to a club to be a member of AHA, that we would lose all these uh, direct members and members through registration. But we really don't have anything to really back that up on because my contention is I think a lot of these people would still join, number one. I think, I think actually most of them would still join. If they had to register and that's the only way they could register, of course they would join. Uh, if they were just casual members, they probably are direct members because either a club didn't reach out enough to them, they didn't realize that the clubs were there. Uh, and I think in that instance, those people would find the benefits 
that are going to flow their way by belonging to a club and being able to talk and uh, have things to do with other people that are as huge fans of the Arabian horse as they are. Sure. Well, one thing, when I was president of the North Texas Arabian Club, and we touched on that a minute ago, um, it is a large club in Region 9. I mean, just just alone, we had the thing called the, the Blue Jean Ball every year, and two, three, four hundred people would come to the Blue Jean Ball every year, and it was hosted by a local farm, and we had horses that were shown, and a dinner, and a barbecue, and a band. I mean, even that alone creates community. It creates some um, camaraderie, and folks get to know each other better, kind of at the grassroots level, and they're in person. Absolutely, that type of grassroots involvement and being able to come together with clubs, for, with members of the club for other activities. I think in one instance, even the clubs themselves, we simply aren't having the number of activities because we don't have the club members. And maybe it's the same 15 or 20 people, if you're lucky, that participate every time so you get less energetic about putting something together if you were expanding the membership in that club on all levels it would come together and you would see a benefit well absolutely and looking like from the club level upward how does the club structure really help support aha well your clubs your clubs are the group that send delegates to the convention that go over our rules and uh, approve or disprove resolutions that have to do with our rules. They elect our officers. Uh, they're just invaluable. Without the clubs, you don't have AHA. Yeah, it's very, very critical. No, that's great. I really appreciate it. Christy, thank you so much for your time. And Jen, thanks so much for your time. Marianne, thank you for being a part of the podcast as well. And Josh, I really appreciate your time. Um, today. Is there any last thing, Josh, you would like to close with? Yeah, the, the final thing I, I would like to close with is, you know, we, we hope to gain everyone's support with this. You know, please come and talk to us at convention. You know, through the feedback that we've gotten on this so far, which we're so thankful on uh, to everyone that has given us both positive and constructive feedback, we have learned that we maybe do need to amend this to take into consideration the breeder's piece of, you know, or sorry, the, the the swapping of papers if someone wasn't a member, and perhaps that could be an exception. But we we really do want to make an amendment that is mindful of the AHA impact statement as well as the feedback that we've gotten. And if it does go forward, you know, our focus for next year uh, on the local level committee is really going to be about giving these clubs the support they need. This summer we took the opportunity to do um, kind of a focus group or just, a, you know, um, communication session on succession planning and looking to the future of these clubs and how AHA can potentially give some support as well as the current leadership. So these are the things that we have on the table for 2023 and that we want to build on and give these clubs the support they're telling us that they need. Well, you know, We Love Raving Horses is all about support at all levels for all ages, all disciplines, and we are 100% behind the local level committee and what you guys are trying to do, and we'll continue to help you in any way that we can with your local club structure, 
um, both for you at the committee level and also for the individual clubs as well, where we have resources that we can provide to them. So I appreciate it. I think it's important to the growth of the organization and for the breed promotion, and we really appreciate what you guys are trying to do. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Paul. Hey, this is Austin, director of the We Love Arabian Horses podcast. Thanks for listening. If you want to share ideas, feedback, or want to get involved, send me an email at austin at weloveArabianHorses.com. Thank you.